podcaster. I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, hi. My name is Megan. I'm a busy mom of four young kids, a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. This podcast is essentially the vessel I use to verbally process all types of topics and experiences. I love sharing stories, ideas, and considering new alternatives to things I have yet to learn and apply to my own life. All of this in effort to help create happier, healthier human connections through humor. Welcome to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. This episode is a lot of reflection time for me when I ran a 10K last week and um, kind of pulling together a lot of different thoughts I've had over the past few years about the types of things that define us. Some of the things that are perceived labels or whatever can have a negative connotation sometimes. Um, But a few years ago, I did a comedy bit actually um, using some improv skills and a sandwich sign that had a bunch of labels of things that could be used to define me. And a lot of times, like I said, like people think that those labels can be negative. But when I I think back on my life and I think of a lot of the different experiences I've had and just the, the person I am, those definitions or labels can be great as long as I'm aware of them and I think of how I can take that information and do something better with it, do something important with it and not just be oblivious to who I am and what experiences I have gone through. Um, So I just wanted to kind of roll back into doing podcasts again. I'm really excited. I started doing interviews for some upcoming episodes. Um, I love to share stories from other people as well. Um, And so this is just one that um, I felt like is a good launching point for me personally uh, because I had just a really enjoyable time reflecting on my life and the things that um, are what make me, me. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode of uh, the metaphors and relations of running the race of life um, as I thought them through while I ran a literal race that I was, I did a surprisingly great job on. So um, all right, enjoy. Last week I ran my first 10K race and I didn't really want to do it. My coworker signed me up, um, or no, she asked me to do it. She was like, hey, you want to do this 10K? And I was like, no, I don't. So I guess I'm going to do it and just see, because a lot of times when I think I don't want to do something and if I have not ever done that thing, I do see it as an opportunity to go, hmm, I can collect more information about what I like and don't like if I choose to have a new experience. And so I went for it. Um, One of the things about my own personal um, opinions of myself is that I have not always considered myself athletic. In fact, I very much thought the opposite of that. I thought I'm not athletic, even though I sort of dabbled in sports a little bit in high school and Um, I didn't love them. I didn't really excel. And I always thought of the athletes as those people who were the like all stars, the starters on the basketball team, the and I was the bench warmer or there's the people who just were like constantly 
the front runners of whatever sport they were, or they were so dedicated that they did their, you know, extra time in doing like soccer club, um, besides just stuff that's available for school participation. So I just never really thought of myself as being athletic, even though I really do love moving my body. I love feeling um, that exhaustion and pushing myself to um, do things where I get to feel my muscles working and feel my strength increase. And um, and there was a point in time very long ago, some 20 plus years ago at this point, um, where the person I was dating at the time was saying um, how he normally dates tall, strong, athletic types and that and how different it was that he was dating me. And I sort of foolishly internalized that being like, oh, well, see, even other people think that I'm not athletic. I'm not being categorized as athletic. Anyway, all of that to say, I have long since um, overcome that by doing a lot of things that are pretty athletic and doing it in my own way and being excited about what I'm capable of. And uh, maybe I'm not a total spazoid um, like addict to the um, any one particular sport, and yet I love the satisfaction of different types of athletic pursuits. So as I was doing this 10K, you know, originally I signed up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I better train a little bit. And, and then it's not unlike me to not uh, make the appropriate amount of time and, and planning and still just go for it anyway and just do my best. Uh, some of you may have heard my episode a while back about doing a Spartan race and that was the same kind of thing. I was like, I'm going to just see if I can do it. And my goal was just to finish, not to like beat anyone else or be super competitive. I just wanted to finish. And then that's the same attitude I went into it with this 10 K. I was like, the worst thing that could happen is I don't, um, I don't, um, finish uh, or, or no 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 I did think I could finish what am I saying the worst thing that could happen is I end up walking a bunch I totally just got distracted because I realized that my cats who have a new little treat from my best friend they had the little pouch got left in the living room and they totally gnawed all the way through it so they could eat more of the treats oh good grief anyway I guess they like those treats and get their stinky breath all gone. Um, so there I was. I show up and I was nervous because I actually only technically ran or moved the full distance of a 10K two times prior to this race. One of them was a test run around my neighborhood where I just wanted to see what the distance was like. And I walked the vast majority of that. And my knee was hurting really bad. And then I hiked about a nine mile, almost a nine mile hike the week before. And then besides that, I just like jogged a few times here and there, maybe a couple of miles, um, went on walks or a short bike ride or whatever, nothing really um, strenuous or comparable. So I had no idea what to expect. Plus it was raining out and whatever. So I still, um, because my coworker, Christina, had asked me to do this with her, there was also this little accountability factor that I needed to show up even if I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into that morning? And it was, since it was drizzly out and it was warm and cozy, I was like, why don't I just stay in bed? And anyway, 
I get down there um, and get all checked in and ready to go. And it was still raining. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to just have fun with this. I was not stressed at all. Um, I saw all these different people there. And this is the same type of thing that happened when I was at the Spartan race. I was just so um, inspired by the people and the energy of the community of other people all doing these things for their own reasons. Some just for fun, some to be competitive, some who are super duper um, avid runners, others who didn't like probably run. I mean, like me, they probably didn't run as much as me. And it's just something fun to do, like a fun run. Um, And all different body types, all different age ranges, the whole span. And there was just such a good buzz of energy and um, like people talking and getting to know each other and even waiting in the line for the porta potties before the race. I had a little chat with some lady who is kind of new to the area and I've lived in Boise, Idaho my whole life. And so we had a little chat about that and it was fun. There's this just really welcoming sense of community and it didn't matter what you were there for. Everybody was being encouraging and supportive of each other. And as we took off down the green belt, it smelled so good. The rain was fresh. There was such a nice energy of all the people just hoofing it down the green belt in a very familiar part of town. It started really near um, an area where there's a hotel by the riverside where I actually worked when I was fresh out of high school and had some memories. You know, I was jogging my memories as I was jogging along and I just kept a slow, steady pace. And my goal was just keep going as long as you can keep going. And there was a couple times where I'm like, ah, okay, I don't really want to keep running. And then I was like, well, can I keep running even if I don't want to? And I was like, yep, checking in with my body. Yep, I can keep running. Well, it turns out I ended up actually going almost a full extra mile because they didn't mark the trail very well for where people needed to turn around. And I had heard some commotion of people saying, 10K, turn around, you've gone too far. And then I looked at my little Strava tracker app and saw that I had already gone 3.33 miles, which meant, yeah, by the time I got back, I was going to have almost, you know, over, over three quarters of a mile extra. And even so, I actually jogged almost all of the race. There was only a couple times where I kind of had to just slow slow down a little bit, catch my breath, um, have a sip of water, take a moment to just check in with my body because I also didn't want to just be super sore or destroyed um, by pushing myself too hard, and it felt so great. Um, and so, of course, the metaphor of racing of this type of thing is never lost on me, um, and I was just thinking about... Um, where I'm at in my life and how these different experiences, like we're all going at our own pace. We, even when we're doing things that are similar to what other people are doing, or we're all kind of heading in a certain direction, the experience is still different for every single person. And I, I couldn't help but think like, what are the thoughts that are going through other people's minds? What kind of music are some of these people listening to in their AirPods? Like, what are the thing? what are they doing in life? What are they and what are they motivated by or what are they overcoming right now? And I, I just am always swept up in the, con- the connecting abilities to like think about how life is really just like running any type of race. And 
and we do it we do what we feel like we need to in our own timing and um and do what feels right for us we all dress in different things you know some people were super bundled up other people were still just wearing shorts and tank tops like it was a summer day everybody was just doing their own thing in the way that they choose it also was really cool along the way that there was little pockets of people who were just cheering people on had their little cowbells going signs that were encouraging just standing there in the rain some with umbrellas some not and just making eye contact with people and smiling and encouraging words to these strangers and I just I loved it it was so fun and I was just thinking about what am I doing where am I at in my life where am I at in my life's race where am I heading is it really a race no I mean I need to keep moving keep strengthening myself keep exploring and and not be so worried about what the finish line is like I just know that I want to have a good experience along the way and um and to do the right thing as a like as I know like what am I trying to say here I guess one of the things that has been on my mind a lot is like sometimes when I do things to push myself I'm like maybe some of that used to be rooted in trying to like prove that I could um like overcoming feelings of inadequacy or maybe having like going through a lot of weird things just to have a great photo op I don't know I mean there's really been a lot of interesting things that I've done in my life that I've looked back and been like why did I do that and for whatever reason what didn't really matter I gained more information about what I love and I don't love and more about myself and and appreciate who I am and it's all about like what am I doing what am I doing in this experience? How did I interact with the other runners? How can I be motivating to other people and not have to be exactly the same as them to appreciate who they are as a person? And I think about like, okay, I thought I was not an athlete. I'm not an athlete. Well, what does that even mean? Like, what are these definitions? And why do these certain, like, why do they matter? Do we need definitions? And sometimes people are like, certain experiences in my life that doesn't define me and I'm like I don't know I feel like if we think about what those definitions are it's not necessarily a bad thing I think that experiences like I guess a lot of times if it's like a negative connotation like I'm not gonna let myself be a statistic I'm not gonna let myself be like have a certain experience define who I am but I think that all of our different experiences, they happen and then we get to decide how to respond to them and what to do next. And so we kind of get to be defined by what we're, what cards were dealt and then how we play those cards. Um, the biggest thing with my podcast when I first launched this was I really wanted to just share stories and talk and connect about things that were important to me because I feel like if these things are important to me there's a chance they might also be important to someone else and I know that there's been times that I felt alone in my journey on certain things or like people might not understand me or maybe I have things so bad that I can't ever recover from it or whatever and it turns out that that's not the case 
And so I think about a lot of the things that do define me. And they're things that I'm not like ashamed of. It's stuff that has happened in my life or who I am. And knowing those things can help me do better things if I choose to. For example, I am a woman who has given birth to five babies, one of which, the first of which I placed for adoption. And whether I like that or not as part of my story, that is part of my story. And I can either pretend that never happened or I can use that experience and share little elements, connect with other people in the adoption community in the various positions of adoptee, um, the birth mothers or birth parents, and the adoptive families and all the complexities that are in there. I could just be quiet about my story and float along and not worry about it like I had my my situation happen and it's it it's been a part of my growth. It's been a pain point. It's been a source of some trauma that I didn't even realize until a long time later. Um, or I can take these things and have it be a safe place to open additional conversations. So that's something that I honestly don't talk enough about on my podcast. That's a huge part of me. Um, I used to think that I was just going to be judged and an outcast and part of a statistic of uh, you know, I come come from a broken home and ended up being pregnant in high school and blah, 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 and whatever. Well, I that was true. I did grow up in a broken home. I had no father figure for the first almost seven years of my life. And then my stepfather came into the scene and everyone has all their own challenges and stuff. So that's when I started having a father figure. And was he perfect? No. He sure tried, though. I believe he really tried and continues to try. And I am still close to him and to my mother. And um, and were there things that they could have possibly done different that would have prevented me from getting knocked up in high school? I don't know. I mean, I hope they don't beat themselves up about it. I know my mom felt like she fell short for things that I did and possibly things that my siblings have done. I don't know. I'm always kind of the one that has done like the most weird things in life. Nevertheless, that is one of the things that I think is part of what defines me. Now I have this whole other scope of things in the adoption realm. And I want to talk about adoption more. Adoption month, National Adoption Month is the month of November and plan on rolling out a couple of episodes to talk to other people in that space so that at the very least, whoever listens and hears and might have questions about adoption, or maybe there's some angry, hurt feelings in their life because of adoption, that maybe it will help someone somewhere start moving towards healing. Because I didn't, I stuffed that down for a long time. I pretended you know, not, I didn't pretend it didn't happen. I just never brought it up because that was a shameful chapter of my life, or I was made to feel that that was a shameful thing and I needed to just move on from it. And instead I will, um, stuffed things or I stuffed everything instead of seeking healing and community to help me feel like I wasn't alone in that space. Another thing is I am a blonde hair, blue eyed, white, woman that grew up in suburbia, Boise, Idaho, and I should be aware of that. If I pretend that that doesn't make a difference, then I that's taking like taking for granted 
that position. If I, if instead I choose to be aware that, okay, that's who I was born as. This is the situation I was born into. And if I can take that information and be empowered to say, oh, oh, okay. And then recognize in what ways do I have privilege? Do I enjoy things that other people might not even have access to? In what way is this something that has shaped my perspective that I can use to be helpful in the community around me and to be an ally to those who need one and to be a voice where someone might be afraid to speak up and to hopefully help in some small way as I have evolved and learned about things I don't know about because of the clear differences in how I was raised versus how lots of other people are raised if they are raised in totally different household dynamics, totally different parts of the country or world different colors of skin, different everything, their experience is just as valid and important as my experience. And if there's any small way I can help to bridge the gap um, between people who match my demographic and the way that there is unfortunately still an imbalance of fairness in this world because of the privilege of my color of skin, I have to use that. I... I can't just sit and not talk about things that are um, affecting people in a way that is negative just because like, you know, because I can't turn a blind eye to it, I guess is what I'm saying. And so that is part of what defines me. Some people say they don't want to be defined necessarily by the color of their skin. I've heard people say that before. And I think it is something that we don't need to use definition as a negative thing. We should instead possibly look for all of the opportunities to embrace those differences and those definitions and learn more about each other to understand how to be more um, more fluid in our existence side by side instead of focusing on those differences or treating people like they are less than or outcast because of a difference we don't understand or we are uncomfortable with. If we're uncomfortable with it, why is that? What formed that opinion? Where can we make those changes and start being better collaborators in the community and learn new things about our lives? There's lots of other things that I do feel define me. There, I, I, Of the five kids that I've had, I'm raising four of them still uh, in a, as a single mother, I divorced someone after 16 years. I grew up Mormon in very heavily Mormon community. Um, in fact, I always thought that it was bad of me if I had friends outside of the church because that's really the message that I was given when I was young, even though that didn't feel right to me. And I did, in fact, have a lot of friends who were not in the church and continue to. And I've eventually stepped away from the church um, as a grown woman when I finally got through the, the challenges of some other life changes. I finally got to step back and go, okay, wait, now let me go ahead and evaluate some other things in life. That is something that defines me, my space of who I am and how I have existed in this life was heavily influenced by the religion I was raised in by the family dynamic I grew up in. I'm the youngest of six kids. All of my siblings, who, by the way, I adore, I think they're amazing. I feel totally, totally blessed um, and joyful that I have a good relationship with my family. 
I adore them all. And I am so lucky that when I have hit bad moments and hard trials in my life, I have family that stood by me and expressed love and actual sadness that I did not share the hard times. But it was for fear of shame, judgment, being um, like I let people down. Um, And I know that that's not the case for other people. I've heard so many horrifying stories in spaces that I have made changes in my own life of leaving the church, having gone through adoption stuff, having gone through divorce. I don't know. I feel like there's a whole bunch of other things. Oh, being a comedian. I know there's some interesting things around being a comedian because sometimes we talk about stuff on stage that might make people uncomfortable because people get uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, Those things though are part of who I am and part of what defines me as a person. And it, I truly love that because it's what I do with that information. I never, even as a Mormon for the 38 years, almost 38 years, I was active. I, I tried to live it in a way that I thought, well, everyone's making this so complicated. And like all, all I focused on was that I was being told that Jesus Christ loves everyone and he wanted us to love everyone too and to not be judgmental and so even sometimes when I recognized the flaws in humanity around me I thought well I don't have to hate them or be mad or angry and get tangled up in all these negative feelings all I have to do is offer love and I am grateful for that awareness I do love that I got to see kind of polarizing ways for people to be Mormon because there's people who are such wonderful people. I have so many beautiful people in my life who have been supportive, who have stepped in to help um, with words of encouragement, with bringing meals to me at different times in my life, with people who um, welcomed me as I am fully And there's also people in the exact same church who are exactly opposite of that. And there will always continue to be so, be so, and that's fine. Not, it's just not for me anymore. I don't like to justify any group of people that allows poor behavior under their roof and justifies it and like, well, not everyone's like that. Or, oh, that's just so-and-so blah, blah, blah. I just don't like when there's no accountability. And that's really where I'm at in life. And I love at least that I had that framework to make different decisions for myself. So in going forward, it is truly my hope to dive in deeper. And I love doing this podcast and I'm so sad that I have not been able to make the kind of time for it as I wanted to because part of it is because I just am hella busy all the freaking time and the other part of it is I'm still a little scared I'm a little scared to be really candid about stuff I still feel nervous and I still like sometimes people still come like stumble upon my book that I wrote five years ago they're just reading it now for the first time And a lot has happened in those five years. And I feel really vulnerable because there's also some things that my opinions have changed since I wrote my own autobiography. My opinions towards the church I grew up in, my eyes finally 
cleared to some things that I had resisted for a long time. I also divorced my then husband. I was still cooking another baby at the time I wrote that book. I hadn't even reunited yet with my first child who I placed for adoption. Uh, There's so many things that have changed, even in the space of um, being a comedian. As I wrote that book, I realized, oh my gosh, this is a story to myself of how I even got into comedy and how it has become such a big, important part of my life as a processing tool and a connecting tool with other humans. And, um, and I've grown so much as a comedian in the past few years that I look back and I'm like, oh, I said some things in my book that I no longer feel that way. I used to justify, or not justify, what's the wrong word? I used to, um, I used to blame, that's probably the better word, even though I don't like using it. I used to blame other women in the audience sometimes about their, how they kind of reacted to me on stage instead of taking ownership over the fact that I, in some ways, was trying to deliver material in a really um, kind of, oh, like I was trying to deliver it in a certain way that was not genuinely true to myself. I was trying to show them what I thought they were wanting. And having that lack of authenticity in those moments um, and kind of the way that I was explaining certain things and jokes at the time, um, I know now that I, I was, I should have taken ownership. I should have put my guard down and said kind of what I was really feeling about myself. I shied away from some of the self-deprecation that you really need in stand-up because I was afraid to show them how weak I thought I was and how embarrassed I was actually for a lot of years in comedy where I was only telling certain jokes because I could not tell the whole story. I had lots of questions in my mind and in my heart about where my life was going and things didn't quite add up because I didn't feel like I could be my true self all the time. I could I tried to be tried to be me and I didn't quite feel like I fit in at church. I didn't quite feel like I fit in in the comedy scene. You know, the people in the club made fun of me for being Mormon. People at church gave me a hard time for being in the club. There was just a lot of things that I was feeling. And instead of, I mean, I don't blame, blame myself too much for it, but I wish I had been more aware of it at the time because I think I would have advanced more in my craft quicker if I didn't try to blame outside sources for what felt like the, the, uh, the times that the joke didn't hit quite right or, or whatever. Anyway, so looking back at my own book, my point is that I, I have allowed myself to look so hard in the mirror anytime I'm triggered or I'm annoyed by something or I'm confused by something and I go, what am I missing? Here's what I know so far about whatever subject, XYZ subject, and I will lay it out there and I'm like, what new information do I need to understand why I'm feeling this way and how I can move forward? And I think that's one of my favorite things about myself is when I don't understand something, I genuinely want new information And I feel like that is why I'm able to feel such a deep connection with people and why even perfect strangers sometimes will just tell me so many details of their life right when I meet them. And I, 
I love that it's sometimes a little overwhelming to um, feel so much emotion coming from other people um, because I absorb it so much. Um, and yet this has become something that f- truly feels like a big strength of mine. Um, and I just want to utilize it more if for no other reason than to continue to be a better person so that when someone makes me mad or frustrated or or just plain confused, like when I see and hear sometimes what people say and do, and I'm like, how? I genuinely wonder, how is that possible? Help me understand your framework to get you to that decision. Like I legit want to know so that I can expand my understanding. And the more I know, the more I feel like I can be a friend to people who need a friend or a listening ear where they don't have one and see people where they're at and let them be who they are without forcing any type of change or opinion, simply letting them be who they are so they can make the evolution themselves. So with that, um, I just am feeling um, so much gratitude in my life right now particularly for those things that define me because they it's a moving target like those things are part of my story and then as I continue to learn more and grow I get to keep um, refining my response to things in the same subject my feeling in the adoption space those those feelings have changed so many times over the years And I just have such a deep love and care for people who are not only affected directly by adoption in like the most traditional way that people think about adoption, but having been really up close and personal with it by serving on the board of directors of an adoption agency in the town I live in and seeing all the different um, varieties of how family is created and how different everyone's experience is, and how vital it is that everyone be treated with love and compassion and and be given tools to be empowered to be themselves. Because doing... I could tell some of my adoption story and, and say, here's what I did, but I could never, ever, ever say, this is what I think you should do. Oh, you're pregnant? Here's what you should do. There's just, you can't do that. And so as I look back on my life, like, and yeah, I left the Mormon church. So if I look back and I go, I was Mormon all these years and now I'm not. And it feels so good. And I can't, I will never go to someone else and say, you should leave the church too. And here's why. I could share and I plan to share some really specific experiences that happened to me that created a lot of underlying challenges in my life and in some ways we're actually a core root of a problem that could have been avoided if I followed my gut instead of following what I was being told by a male church leader who was following a handbook. There's all these stories I can tell and then people get to choose to hear it for what it is and go, okay, well, that's what happened and they maybe don't have any possible frame of reference that is anywhere near it. I know lots of people who are in the church who have just never experienced anything negative at all. And that is lovely. If that is someone's experience, they go their entire life as part of a a church or any type of organization 
that has nothing but positive um, experiences, that's fantastic. Honestly, I think that's what the, the goal should be. Most people have experienced some sort of negative experience in their church or in their family or in a dumb decision they made themselves and they need to just own that. And I just want to help be um, a little voice of encouragement that it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what what things have happened to you and what things kind of def- give you a definition of who you are. It's how you continue to learn and grow from those things. How do you react to the thing that you've been dealt? How do you rebound from making a decision where you go, whoops, that was not my best moment? What are the steps you take after you are gathering information about yourself and what defines you so that you can be a better human being? That's it. All right. Oh, I love talking. Man, I don't know who's out there listening, but I love I love it. I love it. And any of you that are listening, I love you. I would love to know more about who you are in some of my upcoming episodes. Um, I hope it does spur some conversation. I just recorded an episode that's going to be coming up here next about, um, or in the next couple of episodes about transracial slash transcultural adoptions. And I'll be dripping out a couple of different adoption themed episodes during November uh, for National Adoption Month and, and hopefully keep connected on a more regular basis going forward. So thank you to those of you who are listening. As always, I wish you well in your journey. And thank you so much for um, sharing your space with me and allowing me to be a teeny little part of your moment right now. Thank you for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. If you'd like to stay connected to me in other ways, you can find me on most social media platforms at Megan or at my website, meganmccaleb.com. And remember, you don't have to be a big deal to do big things.